Yes, hello folks, there we are. Welcome along once again to another edition of the Irish F1 show. Again, in association with PFT Travel, who are very grateful to. Uh, what do PFT Travel do, you might ask? They cater for all your transport requirements from a private minibus to luxury air-conditioned coaches, giving you the perfect solution every time. Travel in comfort, arriving style of PFT Travel. You can contact MJ on 087-624-8831 or you can email pfarreltransport at yahoo.com and they're also on Facebook a P. Farrell Transport Limited. We are, of course, looking back on the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. We're going to have a little look ahead to the Canadian Grand Prix as well next weekend. So plenty to uh, get stuck into. Apologies for not having a show after Monaco. We were away for a few weeks, which I suppose we're all entitled to do. Uh, but we're uh, we're happy to be glancing back once more at uh, events on the circuit. Uh, and we'll even have a look back at Monaco because it's been a while since we spoke too. Lads, if you want to get in touch, we're live on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. And uh, by all means, get in touch. We will be on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. All the usual spots. Probably as ooh, 20 minutes, half an hour after the show. Um, the occasional time we get cut out, it doesn't go till the following morning. But uh, forgive us. Forgive us. We do have a little bit on every now and then as well. Richard Carney, how's the form? How are we going, Kev? Good to be Flying back, a play. Yeah. Back in the thick of it again. Uh, we had a random meeting there on Saturday evening, and uh, yeah, an enjoyable one as well. Were you along oh, after me? Yeah, good. a nice bit later than you were, I'd say, Kev, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was on my best behaviour, so, uh, as always, of course, as always. <laughs> I was celebrating, so. Yeah, segues us nicely, um, and, and funnily enough, actually, I did end up going past Mandela Park purely by chance, on Saturday, on the way back from Enfield and Mead, that's where Google Maps brought us. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to to go in, unfortunately, not because I don't like looking at your drive, Richie. Um, we had a little headache, shall we say? So <laughs> <laughs> we had we had to keep motoring. So you got on very well, though. Um, talk us through it. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, my class Formula Shane's. We were trialing new tires. Um, the tire end of it didn't really work out that well. They're not that great, but. Managed to get pole position in two race wins with fastest laps. So, sort of grand slam of a weekend. You couldn't ask for much more. Hmm. Um, I can't really remember what the, the earlier part of Saturday was wet. So, the conditions would have been tricky enough, I'd imagine. It was in Mandela, yeah. It was um, very cloudy. Um, we got rain in the middle of qualifying, but very little. Not, not enough to bother you as such. And we got extremely lucky with the two races. We dodged showers with both races. So we were basically dry for most of the day, thankfully, because with those new tyres, I'd say they're doing their best to kill you one way or the other. I wouldn't like to put a drop of rain into it. Right, OK. Strong thoughts on the tyres anyway. Uh, I think our other comrade is backstage. Let's see if we bring him on. Ah, there he is. Mr. Rabbit, how are you? Sorry, last, 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 I held up on a phone call. I'm actually, you caught me. I'm out in the garage here with the cars, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on location. That's ideal. Flip that thing the other way. See, see I don't think it should turn you sideways. Whoop. Ah, there we go. If you're, if you're able to manage that, yes, we have a nice nice view over there. I was actually just saying to Richie before you joined and before we went on air that the little podcast hole here is reminiscent of a, of a garage, but haven't seen yours. I don't know if it's quite as messy as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's a typical Monday after a race weekend. There's stuff everywhere. But sure, it's the fun of it, isn't it? What are we talking about? Tell, Tell the truth, Barry. You're, you're just 
summarising Shane's data from his podium yesterday. Uh, yeah, yeah, Shane's here standing beside me with, with, with oil and all sorts of stuff here coming in. So he's uh, we haven't got that far. We haven't got the car out of the trailer, to be honest. Well done, Shane. Great podium. in there for a minute if you want as well, so we can say well done. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't, he's nice to crack, busy. is he? We'll get him in a minute. Yeah, grand job. <laughs> Grand job. Yeah, so uh, Richie was on about, um, you know, the bit of success he had the weekend and he got on quite well, uh, albeit with maybe an odd uh, tyre disagreement or two. Um, Yeah, I haven't got the full debrief off Richie yet, so... Do you know what? Go for it, go for it then, because you kind of just said the tyres were were not great, so... uh, No. A little bit deeper. So, Richie, what what was the... I I mean, it all comes down to lap time. What was the lap time difference? Three seconds a lap slower. Oh, yeah, right. That's the end of that conversation then. <laughs> right. Well, what's Jeez, the story? Like, were these like completely new to these lads or what's what's going on? Give me the lowdown on this. Yeah, basically, we normally run uh, an Avon race tyre. Uh, really good tyre, really like it in the dry. It's not much good in the wet either. But um, So Avon, because of the pandemic and everything, couldn't... They, they, they can't supply his tyres until the end of this month. So we... As a class, we thought it was an ideal time to trial a new tyre. And um, we ended up with a Nankang um, glorified track day tyre, to be honest. Um, and what is it? Just, just no grip, basically? Um, it's way, The compound that they gave us is just way too hard. Um, yeah. You struggle to get heat into them, and then when you get heat into them, a lap or two later, they fall off the cliff. Yeah, right, right. And it's just like, don't get me wrong, they're probably a very good track day tire, very good saloon car tire. They're they're just not a single seater tire. So, that, so, so is that the end of them? Or are you gonna? Sorry, I'm trying to set up a, a little something holder here. My arm is hanging off. Me trying to hold the phone. Up. If only, if only yep. we knew a lad into engineering now that could sort out something like that. <laughs> Lads, you should see what's going on the other side of this camera. <laughs> oh, Jenny, Mac. Well, I'm quite Shane off. I'm from the Renault from doing. I'm from the Renault. Exhaust, and I don't know what else. But hang on, let's see. This might work. Oh, that's bad. Don't touch anything. Oh, yeah. There you are. There we oh, are. Hurling. I have to get a bit taller. <laughs> Innovation that excites lads. <laughs> Beautiful. So, um, what what were uh, I suppose the long and what was the long and short of your weekend, then, Baz? Ah, quite enough. Like from my point of view, I was never going to be racing, but uh, Shane's Shane had an impact on his car the last day up in Bishop's Court and it took the front corner off it. It's here, just a corner of my eye, and the parks didn't show up in time. So, being the big softy that I am, I, I threw him the keys. Of my oak on uh, on on Saturday, I said here take that out for the weekend. So, um, he he jumped into it Sunday morning, no practice. He drove it once for about ten minutes about two years ago, um, but jumped into it straight into qualifying on Sunday morning. Um, hadn't done anything to it really, and just just got in using my seat and everything, and he and he went out and he put it fifth on the grid, uh, which is you know a bit of a change in the middle of all the F three cars, of course, on your farm Renault as we know. And uh, he misfired, a bit of a spin in the first race, which caused a misfire, but put the car into limp mode and he kind of just got her home about sixth, I think. And then in the second race, he started fifth. The car in front, the GP2 car in front stalled and Shane literally had nowhere to go and had to come to a complete stop and went back to stone last. Got going again, got back up to about sixth, then it was red flagged, which gave him a restart. And then uh, he got another good run after the, the restart. 
picked a couple off. I think one or two might have. One one retired, I think, and he passed the rest of them. And finished third overall and first two leader. So it was GP2 car, Lola F3000, Formula Renault. <laughs> and then I a spoke lot of to Shane. Behind him. So he's I delighted. spoke to Shane right. Sunday morning, Barry. And Say again? I, said, I spoke to Shane Sunday morning in the, in the garage and I said, realistically, do you think you can podium here? And he says, ah, that's the dream, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I have to, fair go. play, Shane. Top job, man. He's giving you the thumbs up here with a bottle of cool, with a bottle of cool and then the other hand. But uh, yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Jeez, it's worse watching than doing, though. Christ, it's much easier being in the car. It's a lot less nervous. Yeah. Everyone says that, though. And uh, I was talking to someone there recently who was on about um, Frank Maher and rallying terms. And they were saying that, was it Juha Kankinen, I think, he got a chance to go for a spin with. And he couldn't sit in beside him. So despite how good he was as a driver, he wasn't a passenger. He just couldn't sit with someone. I know that's different to single seater, but it's kind of near enough the same principle in that I'll, I'll drive, but I don't like watching. Like, you know what I mean? It's mad, isn't it? You know what it anymore? is? When you're watching and you're invested in it, whether it be you know, just someone you know, or in my case, your brother, and it's your own car, so it's like a double whammy. There's, the problem is, is you, you, you're, you've, no, you've no distraction. When you're driving the car, you can't be thinking about anything. Because you're, we spoke about this before, you're just driving the car and that's it. Mm-hmm. But when you're standing in the outside, you, you have time to think and imagine everything, and just, just it's not even worry. Like I suppose it's just you just want them to do well, and you have time to think about it, which is mm-hmm. which is strange, you know. But sure, it was. Uh, I came home in one piece and with a bit of a trophy, so that's the main thing. Stuff. You were Richie, standing like... there. Tell the truth, you were standing there, and you're break, Shane, break, please, break earlier. <laughs> Don't travel so much. Yeah, well, uh, no, I watched. He sent me an onboard of his qualifying lap, and I kind of went, Jesus, fair play to you, you bollocks. Because <laughs> he, he was pushing her on, to be fair, which was great. And then at the same time, you're going, That's my car. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a juxtaposition, isn't it? It's a bit, geez, that's good and it's bad at the same time. But no, look, it's all good. It's in one piece. It came back and got a trophy out and he enjoyed his weekend and I wasn't going to use it anyway. So Richie's next. My go next. Yeah. Go next. Yeah. Richie, I was just going to ask there, like your old boy is fierce calm, right? Like extremely calm. And I wonder what happened to the fucking rest of his, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's he like on rest day? Uh, he's, he just seems to be totally zen the whole time. Like, uh, yeah, he's, he's fairly quiet. He's, you know, he, he does his thing now. You know, I don't see it obviously, like Barry said, I'm in the car and you don't you don't see what he's like um watching me race, but um in two thousand and nineteen when I won the championship, Pamela said the grip he had on her arm for the last three laps, it, it, it was A and E she should have went to, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that answers that so that answers that as you. I suppose lads we'll talk about a bit of foreign one, will we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we as well. We might have to do a rebrand on this, actually. The Mandela podcast, this thing is... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't, don't say that now, because another idea will flow, and next thing I, I'll really be killed. Um, the idea remember, you're trying on me Saturday evening, Kev, that's brilliant. I can't remember. can you remember? I don't. No, I don't. Now, in fairness, Richie, there was a heavy night beforehand, and we were in the thick of it again, weren't we? So you'll forgive me that much. Barry, is he it... reckons me, you, and Kevin should meet up in a bar somewhere and, and do our podcast from a bar. 
and, and record the evidence. That's never a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, I like the first bit though. Yeah, maybe yeah, we'll have we'll, we'll have to do it at the start of the night though, maybe rather than the end. Yeah. I'll podcast first, obviously. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. do that. Today. Just even even to get the Roman a room inside Mandela and like that's obviously where all your enthusiasts are. Wouldn't it be great to get lads in and just have the crack? Um and uh, yeah, obviously don't film what happens afterwards. <laughs> or maybe we will, we'll see. We'll make him pay for that though. Uh, in more ways than one. Um what would you, yeah, let's see, let's see. Uh, Rome wasn't built in the day. Rome wasn't built in the day. But I do think down down the line, lads, I could see a live show happening. I think it'd be great crack and I'd love to do it. Absolutely. Um right, bringing it back to F1, so uh, you'd never think it was there a Chef One show, would you? It's, def- <laughs> it's definitely a Mandela show. But right, where do we start? What what do we what do we think of it in general? We won't go into anything that's on the running order just yet, but I suppose broad overview. Richie, I'll start with you this time. Uh, enjoyable race. I enjoyed it. Um just on a whole, Red Bull are just superior team to Ferrari strategically wise. Sort of at the moment, they're, they're just a powerhouse in every way, shape, and form. Um, every every de- decision they make seems to work out in their favor. Whereas with Ferrari, it's, it's the complete opposite. Everything they do seems to backfire on them. But I enjoyed the rest, yeah. I thought it was a good rest, Barry. Yeah, I, I mean, Baku, Baku or Azerbaijan, what are you going to call it? It's it's thrown up a few. I will say, you know, spectacular races. It's thrown up the odd weird thing, you know, with, whether it be, you know, last year with Max um, a couple of laps ago and the, the punctures and the, the oddball crashes and stuff. I, I don't think it's ever been a, a classic, but there's always been something unusual happen. Uh, there was a little bit less of that this year, um, I suppose, than, than before, with the possible exception of the fact that the two Ferraris blew up, which is, you know, from I suppose from Ferrari's point of view, it makes it fairly uh, unique. Um, but uh, yeah, a, a decent enough race. Not a not a showstopper, but a decent enough race. But I'd say there uh, I'd say there's some worried heads in in Maranello at the moment trying to figure out what's going on. With of course, there's the two the two um, the two the two works cars, the two Ferraris themselves blowing up, and and then there was wasn't there uh, the Alpha and the Haas? I think there's another two Ferrari engines letting go too. Yeah. So four four Ferrari failures is. Uh, is, is certainly a lot to be worried about. Yeah, it fucking is because it's it's all too common and really it's costing the Clare the championship at the moment. In addition to what Richie said regarding poor, I suppose, decision making as a team. Yeah, yeah, and um, he he's been on. What did I see earlier? Was it four, four pole positions have resulted in a, a fourth and a second or something like that? I mean, it's just he's he's doing the hard bit. He's putting the thing on the front row and then. He's just being let down, be it by strategy, race pace, or reliability, is 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 letting him down, and that's that's going to start that's going to start stinging. What's obviously is already, but you know he started losing confidence in his equipment and his team, which is which is a, a bit of a slippery slope, unfortunately, because he's doing all he can by putting it on pole. So, um, and I don't think they're going to be a quick fix to it either, especially not with the likes of budget caps, and of course the engines are. The engines are not allowed to be adjusted only for reliability issues, which of course this is, but you can't adjust the existing engine. It's the next engine that comes into the pool is the only one that's allowed to be adjusted or you know modified. So if they have got a problem with the engine that they're currently running, 
it's got to go in the bin and then that means they're going to run into a lot of penalties down the road when they try to introduce because that, that's one of whatever four or five engines that they're allowed to use and all of a sudden instead of getting five or six races out of it they're getting one and they have to they have to you know launch it which means come later in the year they're going to start hitting penalties for engine changes so it's it's a big problem even if they can fix it mm-hmm. it is it is um the team orders lads that's the next thing i want to talk about um uh, the fact that this was even a conversation, was it a team order or not? I think Paul DeRest said, I can't think of exactly what he said, but he basically said it wasn't a team order, but it was a team order. For me, yeah, it looked fairly like obvious. All right, yeah. Don't, is don't fight not a team order, like, kind of. Let, let him pass is a team order, right, regardless of whether you said don't fight or not. Um, he was probably going to pass him on here, wasn't he? But I think don't but, fight basically means means what it says but it's you know if there's someone like you can someone can pass you and then you can put up a fight or someone can pass you and you don't put up a fight but you know so in other words if he's going to go by you i suppose it's a case of well you know don't slam the door closed don't make him go around the outside don't put him off the track you know oh, if he gets up and yeah we're not going to tell you to let him by but you don't have to you know furiously defend the position or you're not to furiously defend the position that's probably where i take it you know if you we also by- sorry um, just to interrupt you Barry, but we also hear that radio message going across probably 30 seconds to a minute um after it's it's actually gone to the driver so when we got that message he was just passing him out wasn't he i think from memory so yeah. it's just interesting to see how, how early that message went in um i would have affected anything i don't think so i think he was still going to pass him um yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I think it was really, it was a message to Perez. Ooh, sorry, he's freezing on us. Hopefully he comes back. Richie, I'll bring you in here while, yeah, uh, it, while you try to get Barry back that, on. That thing don't fight, that, that was just a PC way of saying, listen, let Max through, don't haul him up, don't, you know, in, 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 without making it completely obvious it's a team order, it's, it's, it's just like a, a coded message that Listen, instead of us telling you, let Max through, it's just like, just don't fight, like, you know, get on with the rest. So it's, like I said, it's a PC way of literally yeah. giving a team order. Yeah, I think in fairness, the whole thing worked out grand. Um, Perez was happy enough with how everything went too. Uh, yeah, and I think you're right, Kev, Max was, Max's pace, he was always going to win the race one way or the other. Yeah, I think just given the way the things were panning out, like, you know, that, that's what I felt, Danny. I think Baz is back with us. Barry, you're back with us. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, sorry, lads. Just lost the internet there for a second. We're back. Uh, can happen. Can happen every now and then. We were just saying there that it was kind of inevitable that he was probably going to pass him and that, you know, it was going to be very difficult, I think, for Perez to, to challenge anyway. But uh, just taking it back to the start that Perez got, um, and it's something I wanted to ask you guys as well about what side of the track Paul is on there. Um did that come into your head at all? Am I way off with this? Because I know it gets talked about quite a bit, but I've never actually spoken about it with you guys. Um, he got off a fraction quicker, but it was enough to give him inside line into turn one, which is a left-hander. But from memory, uh, whoever's on post starts on the right. Am I correct in saying that? Normally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, normally. Like, a lot of times, Paul will be on the inside for the first corner. Um, but sometimes... They'll, they'll, they'll decide based on the racing line because in, in Baku, as you arrive at the first corner, you'll arrive on driver's right. So you'll be to the right-hand side of the circuit, which is obviously then means that the track is cleaner um, and in theory, you should get the better launch um, off the cleaner, rubbered-in surface than the kind of dusty inside line. Yeah. 
online that's not used all weekend. Um, that then coupled with the fact that the guy on pole has a four or five meter physical head start because it's you know it's a staggered grid it's not side by side it's 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 yeah. spaced out um the two of them combined should give the advantage to the guy on pole just to you know the four meters as a start never mind the extra grip you'll have but to counteract that the guy on the inside has an advantage too because you know if he can stay alongside he's going to make it into the corner so um and he can break that a little, bit later and a little bit unusual <laughs> in that yeah, yeah. Richie, I'm going to bring you yeah, in Yeah, but don't forget, he's breaking that later on a, dirt, on a dirtier corner, yeah. Sorry, you're, you're breaking up and there's a little delay, mm. Baz. That's all. That's why I was throwing Richie across there. But I, I can see that corner suiting you down to the ground, Richie, if you are in, if you weren't on pole, which I'd expect you to be on anyway. <laughs> but if you weren't, I could just see you going literally bullheaded into that corner like, and, and yeah, not being too upset about being <laughs> second on the ground. A, it's a bit of a funny one. Like, like As Barry was saying, pole is normally... You know, first corner is a left-hander. Paul will be on the left. First corner is a right-hander. Paul will be on the right. Yeah. But um, like Barry was saying, to do like on the right-hand side in Baku is the racing line, which should be the cleaner line, which should have rubber down. You should effectively get a better launch. You're you're not on the dirt on the left-hand side, but that in the same breath. I think I'd nearly rather start second in Baku if that be the case, because you know. If, one you get the good launch dirt or no dirt you're going to fire it down there and you're going to he's going to end up in no man's land and you're going to take the lead and um i i, I don't know i i, I That's exactly. something they should look at i think paul should be moved to the left and back hole to be honest with you buzz would you would you be in line with richard there then and what he's what he's saying yeah i think so i mean i think if if it's on the inside plus the the staggered advantage it's probably fairer overall i would think but um especially just the, the fact that the first corner comes relatively soon and then the other thing as well is there's the big straight then out the out the far side of it you know uh, uh, for 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 a get a run on someone so i know it'd be worth looking back and seeing i don't know is that has that panned out like that in the last few races i can't just remember offhand or whatever in terms of at baku but I mean, this 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 conversation be going back all the way to Senna and Prost at Suzuka back in '89 and '90 mm-hmm. or '91, where there was a big argument over which side pole was, which resulted in all sorts of messing and shenanigans going on, and Senna feeling feeling like he was being, you know, penalised, and then having to go at Prost up the inside in the first corner. We've all seen the footage, so it's 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 not a new problem that that racing of any sort has, let alone F1, but. I don't know. We probably wouldn't be talking about it at all if 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 Leclerc had got a better start too. So it might, yeah. might, might be just one of those things. Well, we can't we can't be accused of being biased around here. We're always impartial. We never we never ever take sides in, in who we support or follow on this podcast. Nor nor, nor will that change. <laughs> but yeah, look, um, it's it's mad the fraction of a difference between how quick they both got their foot down to the floor and where that actually leaves you. I, I thought that was fascinating as well. You know, um, but look, we'll probably move on from, from the start then. I think we've spent enough time on it. The other team orders, which I thought were very, very interesting, were that of, um, what do you call it, McLaren. So Norris obviously is told, you know, or sorry, Ricardo is told the whole station, even though he's obviously that bit quicker. Um, and this doesn't really rear its head again until the late stages, where in fairness, they stuck to the principles, didn't they? But, 
in the earlier part of that, like, should Ricardo not have been let maybe go past? Because I think, wasn't he on hards at the time? Norris is on the mediums, and he was still, like, going a bit, a bit quicker from memory, like. Yeah, but I don't think they were really racing anyone other than themselves, ultimately. They seem to be a bit in no man's land, so I don't know whether I made a wild bit of difference in terms of where they finished. Um, I, I I don't know so much about the start, at the start, but I know at the end, I think Norris just wanted to prove a point, you know, and he was just just turning the screw a little bit, you know. He knows what he's doing to Ricardo, and he knows what that in turn is doing for his own value, you know. And don't think anything else. Like he's he 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 knows that if he can just keep beating Ricardo, it just keeps making him look worse, and more importantly. Lando looked better, so that was very clear cut. He just wanted to pass him. He just wanted to race. He just wanted to finish ahead of him and just, you know, turn the dagger another, another little turn. Um, and he basically did that by just, you know, sitting alongside him, coming down the straight and just showing that he could have passed him at any point if he was allowed. So a lot of more mind games going on there than actual. I think any results would have came out of it. Yeah, it's mad the relationship difference between Lando and Ricardo in comparison to Lando and Sainz when when they were there like Jesus it's worlds apart isn't it lads Richie it is like but even just touching on it there um I honestly think from the team's point of view they're probably thinking Daniel's confidence is just on the floor and doing the old swap a again is like literally going to put the nail in the coffin um so as Barry said they were racing each other. They weren't where they finished was where they were going to finish, whether it was Ricardo or Lando, or Lando or Ricardo. And I think Zach Brown probably looked at it and went, "Listen, let's give this one to Daniel and see if it can perk him up a little bit. And you know, maybe he might start getting a bit of a run together. But certainly at the end, Lando like was, as Barry said, like he's just drop alongside him, let him know I am actually quicker and I am, you know." get get in his head but i think from a from the team's point of view they wanted ricardo to finish ahead of lando to try get his confidence built back up a little bit yeah yeah i think i think that's probably yeah but a, a bit of games and brinksmanship and stuff but really i don't know i don't think it's much of a story to be honest no. Um, Mike Dormley's after asking were McLaren not racing Alpine I, I think I think they were I think Alonso was in the frame wasn't he early, the earlier part of the race and that's why this became a bit of a, a thing um, and the lads were a bit higher than their actual finishing positions I think uh, when this might have been going on were they? No? Yeah I think earlier there was a, there was definitely a, a bit going on with, with the Alpines alright and I think that's why they kind of you know they definitely manipulated it a little bit at that point and then that's why you know they were asking Lando to kind of repay the favour somewhat um, at the end it's two slightly different circumstances at the end they were only racing each other so I'm not sure why, why they'd have to impose team orders there because they weren't trying to beat someone else but yeah I, and I think that was the angle that was put forward to Norris was going look, look Daniel did, did or didn't do this for you earlier in the race so it's it's payback and i think he actually said it on the radio he says yeah but this is just for position this is not part of a bigger strategy against another team but um i don't know probably just there's probably an element i think if ricardo was a bit more comfortable in the team and in the car in general they probably would have let them race it out but the situation as it is yeah maybe not maybe not just to make him feel better maybe that wasn't the, the the driving force but I suppose maybe just so it didn't feel worse, if that makes sense. 
to have him actually be passed on circuit with a couple of laps to go might have just been a little bit hard for, for to, to swallow for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to George Russell, lads, another podium. Um, very impressive, I have to say. Like I was going to remark on it a few times, not just the fact that he's finishing ahead of Hamilton, but he's um, he's just so consistent this year. And even the times when the car the cars leads in Bruin, obviously after the weekend. And let's let's bring in a quote from from Toto Wolf. Uh, Wolf backs Mercedes technical team to get the W13 back on track after labeling the car as a shitbox to drive him back to. <laughs> so he, um, you know, he didn't he didn't spare in fairness, Richie, did he? No, no, and I think it goes back to a point I made in one of our previous podcasts. Um, listen, the car is shit. It's, it's this poor poison, the bouncing, whatever you want to call it. Mercedes just can't get a handle on it. Um, now, uh, in saying that, Russell's podium, absolutely fair play. George, get your podium. Two Ferraris finish. Was he fifth? Yeah. So, I mean, the element of luck comes in there like and and listen he has to get himself in that position to, to pick up on that podium which is fair enough but like i think it's it's a little bit fake um they're, they're nowhere near the pace nowhere mm. nowhere near where they need to be and the only reason and i've said it before and i'll say it again the only reason george is is ahead of lewis in the in this championship this year is George is used to getting the best out of a bad car. And, you know, Lewis has been given royalty over the last seven years or whatever. Um, whereas George has had to fight a bad car to get decent results. Um, can I ask you something, Richie, on that topic? And you can agree or disagree. Has Lewis ever had a bad car in his career at any stage? He has. He, he had a bad McLaren um, that he struggled with. And... He had when he joined Mercedes first, they weren't really uh, a winning team. Um, but it, it, like that, it just goes back to my point with Russell. Um, you know, he knows how to get the best out of a bad car, but in the same breath, the two Ferraris finish, he's fifth. So I wouldn't be getting too carried away with that podium. Mm. Barry, thoughts? Yeah, I pretty much echo what Richie's saying. Um, it's a podium, but it's not a podium based on performance. It's a podium based on reliability, which is an important factor in any race and car and any race event, meeting, whatever you want to call it. But um, it's, you know, don't wrap it up as a, as a result based on performance. It's a result based on someone else not finishing. Um, and yeah, you finish first, first you got to finish and all that. But yeah, a little bit disingenuous if they're wrapping it, if they're trying to put it forward as, as an improvement in pace, which it blatantly isn't. Um, uh, Russell again, look, Mr. Consistency, as they said, he went from being Mr. Saturday to kind of Mr. Fifth Place now or whatever. That, that's that's that, and, and he is definitely getting the best out of it. Um, I don't know at what point the, the you know, I know people are saying that with Hamilton, he's you know, I've been unlucky and he hasn't got the safety car. And well, you see, he started a bit further back, and that's why this happened and that happened. I mean, you know, if you can't be that unlucky slash lucky in George Russell's case consistently that amount of times I think we have to now start to just accept that Russell is doing a better job than him um you know and the luck is it is maybe washing out equally and will not wash out equally but as of now if it was any other driver pairing you'd just say that it was that Russell has beaten him pure and simple you know I, I I understand the angle where you can't you know one swallow doesn't make it somewhere so earlier in the year they were 
you know, oh, looks only two races. It's like, you know, it's six races, seven races. You know, at what point? It's only 21 races. Like, you know, it's all of a sudden, it's that's it. He's, he's beaten them. Pure and simple, he's beaten them. Mm. And that's that's as you. So, poor old Lewis. He go he go with that car, lads. And uh, I won't lie, I, I, if I had a little bit more time today, I had, I had a bit of a voiceover plan for a, a bit of footage that, that came across. I didn't quite get the time to do it, but maybe in the next couple of days, if we get time, we, we, might, we might put it out there. But... <laughs> <laughs> he reminded me of a poor old fella that was on a building site and brick lane or something and, and just twinged the back a little bit. Ah, oh, fucking Jesus. Fucking devil. <laughs> 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 like, what, what's wrong with you? I got to know me fucking back. <laughs> you barely get the words out. Like. And then just when the poor old fella walked away as well, like, I was just thinking, oh, Jesus! <laughs> you can hear everything he's saying. But, Jesus, uh, it was it was cruel. Imagine going through a full race, like, getting the shite rattled out of you like that. Like, so what way could you be on, Ian, in bits? Um, so you... Yeah. Juan, you're going to say something? That's why he doesn't carry on the bags, Barry. His yeah. back is full. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a feeling, I had a feeling that was coming. Um, in her, in, her, in, in, in her defense, actually, she seems to be able to work wonders all together. Uh, this sounds like I'm taking the piss and being disingenuous, but I'm actually not. She's an acupuncturist as well, because uh, he put up a poster today saying that she uh, did the acupuncture, or whatever. He'd be right as rain for next week, but it's a cruel, it's a cruel you ought to be going through, ended like Jesus. No, I, I just wondered, and I was interest, um, and it was the same for everyone, of course, back in the 70s and 80s. I wonder what the boys were like, and this is like more pope talk now. Well, just back in my day, if you got a shoulder, you'd fucking soldier on, and you wouldn't show him on your heart. But that's 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 kind of, I suppose, pope talk. But yeah, at the same at the same time, they were used to it every day. He's not used to it, I suppose. Is this it? Like, yeah. I don't know. My back is getting sore sitting on the side of this race car trying to talk to you. But anyway, the the, 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 the thing about it is, is... the air going to retire, all right, then. <laughs> <laughs> I I I um I maybe I'm a cynic. I don't know. I'm getting older, and that's probably what happens. But you, do you not think is it plausible? I'm not saying possible. Is it plausible that look Mercedes are crying out saying Jesus, this is awful hard. It's dangerous. It's sore. It's you know blah 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 blah. They want the rules changed to help them overcome their 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 biggest hurdle is the fact that their car is porpoise and they're bouncing or whatever else. And if they can sort that out, they'll they'll take a big jump. So, they're claim, you know, is it beyond the bounds of possibility that somewhere in some motorhome, somewhere at the weekend, the lads like, look, make a bit of a bit, bit of a deal out of this. So, you know, it's like, I'll be back sore, blah blah blah. And you know, maybe, maybe it was sore. Was it that sore? I don't know. Was it for the cameras? I don't know. But it's certainly possible that they're playing up to it, and they're definitely putting the press release out and the and the you know, oh, it's health and safety and it's dangerous and. Lads, if you just want to make the car more comfortable, you can do it overnight. You turn the front and the rear push rods, you lift it up a little bit, or you change the suspension, you change the ride height, the car will not bounce. That will stop. It's a it's an aerodynamic event that the height of the car will eliminate. So if it's really that bad, they can sort it. They'll lose a half a second a lap, or more maybe, but they can sort the comfort of the car out if they want to. So I think anything that comes out of any team, it happens to be Mercedes, but anything comes out of any team at the moment crying that it's so dangerous and it's so, you know, this, that and the other, 
it's it's just posturing and it's just looking to get the rules changed you know um they can fix it if they want and make it the com- most comfortable car on the grid might be 15th so maybe they don't care that much on a completely separate note, Barry, I heard you're a great man to sing a song when you're waiting for a boat. <laughs> Jeez. That's one thing you don't... Well, if anyone... If there's going to be pain anywhere involved in racing is listening to me sing, that's for sure. <laughs> Remind your bouncer or Barbison. What was it the woman said, Richie? Hit that off your leg and shut the hell up. <laughs> the, they, they had, she had to be... Richie started singing and you won't... I, I, I'll use the word loosely. Started singing with him and... <laughs> Some local, sorry, sorry. I told Kevin this story Saturday evening. Some local I, comes up and hands me uh, what do you call it? Not, not a, 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 a tambourine. Uh, tambourine, yo, you hit off your leg or whatever. It rattles. I don't know. What are things? <laughs> and she had handed to me, and she just goes, "Here, son, hit that off your leg and shut the fuck up." <laughs> so it was then that my it was then that my dreams of of stage and stardom died, unfortunately. So, so we gambler in Hollyhead. <laughs> when we go and do our live podcast then in some pub, it would just be a podcast. You won't get a karaoke thing integrated into it, basically. <laughs> no, you'd have to change the rating on uh, on Apple iPods yeah. or Apple iPads yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you'd be able to, to carry me, it, anyway. Yeah. Barry says to me, "Can you sing?" I said, "No, I'm shit. I can't sing." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we got up and now listen. I'm not fucking. I'm not Justin Bieber by any <laughs> shape or form. But uh, or Timberlake, <laughs> or Timberlake, or any of these guys. But listen, I can carry a small bit of an off. But uh, it was quite funny. And we, went, when we when we finished up and we got back down to our drinks, Barry looks at me and goes, "You fucking prick!" Yeah, you walked me right into it. You walked me straight into it. <laughs> I wish there was footage of this somewhere. That'd be absolutely brilliant. Um, right. So, have we anything else to cover in Baku before we go on to Montreal? Just, uh, just go back to the start for one second, where you're on about P- Perez's good start. Mm-hmm. Actually, if you look back at the start, Max gets an absolute screamer. Best mm-hmm. start of the three of them just gets boxed in by Perez and Leclerc. Like he, I'd say, like he had to lift off two hundred yards before he ever got near the corner. Like he made the yep. two Red Bulls made bullet starts. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Verstappen's was absolutely the best of the whole lot of them, but yeah. he'd know where to go. He'd absolutely know where he was boxed in and had to back out of it altogether and just, just wait his turn. But um, I noticed that too, all right, yeah. But the Ferraris pour off the line and they're definitely, they're, they've got bother. They've got bother and it's not going to go away overnight. Unless they cure it, championship's over. Hmm. I think so. I think so, and um, I don't see anyone else coming at them. So they need they no. need to solve it. But they're going even if, as I said earlier, even if they solve it, they're going to lose an engine from the pool. And um, when they bring in the, you know, if they if they know what it is and they fix it, they're still on the back foot because they're going to lose five mm-hmm. engines, five races worth of, of that engine or, or whatever amount it is, a, a considerable amount. So I think they're in bother one way or the other. Looking at Leclerc's blow up and engine blow up. Um, yesterday I, I i i don't think he actually lost the engine i think it was the turbo that let go yeah um, i think so yeah he actually he drove it back to his pit yeah so i i, I they might they might just sneak away there and then i suppose turbo blows like that as a team you just sort of say right we'll take the hit and put a new unit in it probably i don't know yeah but it's happening a bit you know too many times to too many ferrari engines for it not yeah. to be something inherently wrong 
I think it's not just bad luck or you know something silly. I think uh, I think I think the best thing they can hope for is that it's the same thing over and over again because then they can fix it. Or what would be worse is if it's a different thing each time and then they're they're really at sea then. Well, as the good news is, we don't have any uh, predictions from the last day to get right or wrong. So, <laughs> we're 100% record with the last one. Um, I didn't really get thought these about Monaco, uh, which is there any point talking about now, really? What was it? Great for Perez, that's what it was, and it was a bit of justice. Uh, yeah. The only talking point after that, which now makes it a run in the sense of time, was what I said to he, with the 1 2 being reversed in Barcelona at the time and the result in Monaco, uh, we would have been looking at a very close championship race. Uh, let's bring in where we are now in the standings before we actually look at this again. So Max is on top of 150, Perez on 129. Um, so look, there, there would have been a, a gap still, right? But just what would you 143 would have played 136, though? Not much of a gap. If, I think it <laughs> would have been reversed. one point, wouldn't have been one point, I think, in the difference after Monaco and then whatever, so. and then, then the, the whatever seven, so eight or whatever that, yeah. Leclerc's on 116 now, like, and I know it's not a million miles off, but Jesus, the law has to go right now, even at that, doesn't it? Yeah, but then look, the law has to go wrong for Max, I'd say, more so than anything as well. Well, Verstappen was what 46 points behind at one point, not that long ago either, so true. But, yeah, yeah. but the reliability how many races are we in? How many races are we in? Are we in nine? Is this nine or nine, ten this weekend? Nine of what, 24 races? 22. Is, I, 22. Nine of a 22 race calendar is way too early to be calling it yet, lads. Yeah, yeah, there's still a bit to go, I think. Yeah, we're going I, to race nine. Yeah, 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 Canada will be nine. Yeah, so I know going looking forward to Canada. I think, um, I think you're gonna have fairly similar sort of setup. I'd say, I'd say the, the Red Bulls will be right there. Um, Mercedes are gonna struggle probably even more than they did at Baku, even though they got the points. The podium and the fourth. Um, I think I, I think you might see Leclerc put it on pole. I think it could be very similar. I think Leclerc put it on pole, and then Verstappen will probably be quicker in the race, or, or something will happen to the Ferraris. So I'd say Leclerc pole and Verstappen win. Reggie, um, I think Ferrari bounced back. Um, they need a good showing at this stage. They need to get themselves back into contention. Um, I think Ferrari won two in qualifying. Ferrari won two in the race, and I'm going to put Leclerc first. Okay. Uh, I'm going Max and Paul, and a Red Bull won two. Max, again, uh, don't know how much we're going to get sorted in the, in the space of a week. But as we said, uh, we're not biased. Who knows what will happen last week? It's a long time. A short time. Yeah. Um, Jesus, fully, fully authentic. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go near AliExpress or any of them now. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very expensive. Very expensive. Um it was about ninety five percent cheaper than what the ones they were selling at uh, at Barcelona. That's I'll put it that way, but I won't say where I got it because I'll tell you in trouble. Uh, yeah. Mad markup. It's actually another mad thing I meant to say to you. Like they all have their own stall at various different parts and yeah, it's mad. Sorry, I know it's something to say to you about Barcelona as well that I forgot. And uh, to people that are following Formula One the whole time have been at rest the whole time. You should know that. Do you know what I didn't realize, right? Because they don't really show it on TV that much. They get about two or three laps in on race day before they actually stop on the grid. I thought yeah, the yeah. cars literally went out. You go one, razz around, pull in, 
there you go, the warmers go on, the umbrellas are up, and then you go off your formation lap and race. That was a big surprise to me. I didn't I didn't realise that. Like. Yeah, they can do a number of laps to the grid is what they call it. So they go out the pit lane, do the full circuit, and then come back in the pit lane, pit lane go yeah. drive through the pit lane and go back around again. And they may, may or not stop in the pits, but generally they'll go through the pits and strike back out again. And I don't... Geez, if there is a limit, it's not a low one. They're allowed to do a few, a few of them. But obviously it uses up it uses up uh, fuel and whatnot in the car too. So, um, yeah, I was just going to say that that be more likely for teams that have run into a little bit of trouble in qualifying or something and need need that and need installation. I'd say more so. Like if you're if you're on pole position, I'd say you leave the pits, you do your outlap, and you park it up. Yeah, sometimes you get a feel if the conditions are changed, they might send them out just for the driver to get a bit of a feel too. You know, do a couple of laps to the grid or or to see what the car is going to feel like on the on the colder tires. You know, before the pressures come up and stuff. It's a bit of a you know get a get their get their hand in for the first lap or two to see what it's going to because the car will feel totally different. Don't forget they're getting out of a car in qualifying that's got you know a, a whiff of petrol in it, nothing really, just the bare minimum to get into a car that's a hundred kgs and maybe not quite, but up towards 100 kgs heavier. Like, to someone who hasn't drove a car with, the, you know, a, a single-seater race car or any sort of race car, 100 kgs sitting beside you that wasn't there the last time you drove it is night and day difference in the car. They will feel totally different. Um, and it's, I suppose, a chance to just get, just, just they're not learning the whole thing. It's just to feel that little difference and just to, to tweak their brake points and just get a bit of a feel literally just a feel into their, into their bones about what what the car is, is like now compared to what it was yesterday when you got out of it so that's what a little effort last question before we finish up mike darwin's in touch again he wants to know is it just a, simply a case that ferrari have uh, good quality or red bull just have better race pace is it as simple as that and will it be as simple as that i suppose if even if reliability comes uh knocking in favor at ferrari i think the problem ferrari have is that Yes, um, Mike's correct. They, the Red Bull is not only faster in the race generally, um, but it's a bit of a trifecta. They have, they don't have the race pace of the Red Bull. They don't have the reliability of the Red Bull, and they don't have the um, strategic capabilities of Red Bull. So the three of them things, any one of them is going to scupper them in a race. One weekend it could be the pace, then it could be reliability, and then it can be the um, the strategy, and that's that's a big deficit to carry into every race. Like so, the only thing they have going for them is they can put it on pole, which isn't the be all and end all. I mean, maybe at Monaco and it didn't even work there for them. Yeah, all right. Uh, we're into the AOB part. That's uh, any other business, not <laughs> any old bollocks. Uh, and one thing I want to say, uh, Richie, you said to me the other day, uh, Leon Nulty was at it again. He gave the F1 show. Airship on show a very good plug on Saturday up Mandela. We thank him for that. And uh, we're going to get a few stickers, I think, somewhere, are we, for the, for the car? Yeah, Barry, I'm sure you know someone that can knock up a few uh, Airship on. Yeah, we've... Um, for our cars. We, 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 we've a, a business here, we get a bit of a plug in called Rapco, um, myself and the brothers. So we do uh, vehicle graphics and uh, race cars, fans, trucks, wall wrap, wall art, stickers, anything vinyl. We, we can do all of that. So we'll, we'll, we'll send us on the logo. We'll get something out of the cars for sure. That's the job. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Thanks a million. Um, surely, any other... surely, Kevin, rap call hardly charges for these, will it? Jeez, you wouldn't know. I didn't want to ask him live on air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You can get the first round on the live podcast. <laughs> We've got a Chuck Rapko logo on the screen here as well. There there you go. Go. So I can do that here. Look, watch. I can do that no. here. Ah, look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I'm palestories.e as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, hold on. Go. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, go. Give him all You're absolutely shameless, there. rabbit. <laughs> 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 yeah, and Richard Carney, engineer. We've a few more there uh, as well, which we should give a, a shout out to as well. I suppose when Ron, your car is delivering, look at this other lad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gas man, a gas man. We'd like a screenshot of that. Actually, before we go, I do have something on an AOV part. What What was the story? I, I said this to Richie the other day. The picture that I got. Uh, obviously, it was from your Instagram page, Barry, of the navigation trial of yourself and Richie. And I knew one day, like I got that picture about three or four months ago. I knew it one day that would come in handy on social media. And bang, there we go. Cover us from Monaco. What was the fact that day? You might as well fill us in here. You looked like a man that was uh, was scared. That was uh, that was uh, Leo Nulty, who we just mentioned a minute ago with motorsport.ie. Um, he, he came up with a great idea. He got a Yaris. And he entered myself and Richie. He, he donated the Yaris to the cause. And he entered myself and Richie into a... I always forget the name, but what was it called, Richie? An endurance trial, was it? Endurance trial, I think. That's what they call it. Yeah, it was an endurance anyway. But um, that was that was one of the best days. Great crack. So basically, oh. the idea the idea behind it is you get like this was a Yaris, one liter bog standard Yaris, straight from some granny's house to, down to ten to Richie's and Carlo, and we um, we we you, you go along. <laughs> I just think. <laughs> <laughs> we had a breeze. What the thing was about, what we were supposed to be doing. We showed up with the car and nothing else. And we went in, we signed on anyhow. And they handed us this book of about like an A4 booklet with about 20 or 30 pages in it. Now, I think it was hieroglyphics or Egyptian or something because it certainly wasn't English. And I couldn't recognize any of the drawings. It was just arrows and loops and squiggly things. And like it genuinely it was like something like two year old to draw. I didn't recognize any of it. I said, there you go, lads, that's the map book. Uh, best of luck. What? <laughs> Not a notion. And we and we were, the, the HQ or the service, whatever you call it, was held in the garage, like a DOE garage, you know, with trucks and that. And they, the big canteen opened up to us and we walked into the canteen. And there's a load of lads all sitting around all the tables with highlighters and rulers and, like, offices of equipment and calculators and the whole lot marking this one in yellow and that one we'd nothing we hadn't the first idea what we were doing so we went and got a cup of tea and the biscuit and just launched straight into it then and uh basically you go to where you go up to some farmer's lane and they they put like uh you, you start off and up the lane you have to find yourself to find your way to the lane to start with up the lane around his field through his yard stopping along the way to read a number plate that's pin backwards onto a telegraph pole, write that into your book, go on to the next one. And I'm shouting the the the, the notes, if you like, to Richie who's driving and giving the old death, hopping this cow shite pinging off the the exhaust <laughs> off it. And um yeah, it was just absolute great crack. Like we probably yeah. never went over sixty Mate. mile an hour the whole day, like but we laughed and laughed and laughed. It was just we'll have to do another one. It was absolutely mega. It really it really, really was. In an old Yaris. Probably yeah. fifty quid for it was one of the best days motorsports I think we've ever had. I mean, you've done a lot of racing together, and that was just, that was phenomenal. Like, the crack, like, as like as Barry said, we went upstairs to the canteen, and it's like these guys are doing their junior sort, or their leaving sort, or something like that. <laughs> There's that level of concentration in what they're doing. Like, and me and Barry are looking at one another and going, what the <laughs> fuck is this about? 
I said, we'll get a cup of tea and a biscuit. It'll be grand. If you... like, when we took off, like it was like 15 or 20 stages non-stop. Like, what the fuck? And then it broke down, remember? Then it, it broke down. It wouldn't go, and we opened a bonnet, and not a clue what we were looking at. And I seen, and now Richie would be far more a mechanic than I would, and I seen two two wires underneath, no, about four wires underneath the car not connected. And they were all different colours, but two of them were black. And I said, well, should we just join the black ones together and see what happens? And they fixed it. It did, yeah. <laughs> okay, car took off after. <laughs> we, had about, we went from about 30 horsepower to 60 horsepower. We were lit. <laughs> I had no idea what we, what we did, what was broken. I have no idea. <laughs> I think we ended up with three fastest, fastest stage, stage times yeah, after yeah. that or something like it was fucking it was deadly. Oh, it was mad, mad ago. Great crack. But that photo was this it's freeze frame. And do you know what? If you if you get a second, Kevin, if you go on to Facebook, you find I have a racing page, Barry Rabbit Racing, and if you go back far enough, you'll find we documented the whole day with live video like is there? Yeah, videos yeah, thought, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you Saturday evening, Kevin, even if you YouTube Barry and go yeah. back far enough. Like we we done a couple of live feeds throughout the day, you know, and I mean the laugh, the laugh we had. So when you said ah, you had five, five to ten years experience of live streaming before, that's what you meant on the CV when you gave it to me before we decided that to do it. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pack it out a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I knew you were the podcast, Barry, but I didn't know Richie was a, a live streaming sensation in a, in a previous no, life. No, I'm not a live streaming sensation whatsoever. Barry done all that. I just happened to be standing beside him. Yeah. He yeah. was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the one hurtling the Yaris between fucking cow sheds and barrels and Christ. Yeah, yeah he never. He never manage uh, a Mercedes Porpoise then, would he? Plenty of bouncing up that way. Going up out Farmer Brown's Lane, whatever you were. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I really if them boys done one of them endurance trials, Porpoise wouldn't bother him in the slightest. Well, the best, the thing about it, Kevin, is between the stage when you get to one stage to the other, it doesn't like there's no such thing as putting in Google Maps like half of the, half of the competitiveness is finding the next stage because it's it's in a i think they call them tulips or something the notes like you get a little drawn because go for four miles turn right go for one point so you have to keep hitting the reset button on the taco you know on the the trip meter what was it richie you came along <laughs> came around the fat this section and it said uh so it's giving you little little landmarks as you go like you know church in the right you know bale, bale of hay in the left whatever and then it says um what, what did it say? <laughs> about the, it says uh, ethnic group, ethnic group uh, who ethnic group who reside in caravans on the right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. In other words, halt in yeah. sight and then turn right. <laughs> the way the way it was actually phrased now, when you said oh, uh, so. It was so politically correct how they put it. It was mega. <laughs> yeah, what does this yeah. mean? We came around the corner. Ah, all right. Yes. <laughs> then, then, then it made sense. But when you when you said uh, there's tulips, I was just picturing the two E going into the room with all the junior relievers hurt by his tennis. So seriously, that's the fucking tulips I was thinking about. Uh, <laughs> that's what they were yeah. calling us. Look at these tulips. Yeah. 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 So we'll do, when we do the next one, we'll be fully equipped. We'll have... Um, We'll have a, a, a notebook and a box box of highlighters and then be no stopping us. Yeah. Tell me the highlighter is the key. Highlighter That's is what it. would win you that event. No, it's not Absolutely. about handbrake or power or suspension. He who has the best highlighters and clipboard wins. 
Do you remember your man, Barry? Do you remember your man when, when you were doing the live Facebook live feed and you were putting the phone in around the corner, showing all the guys doing the leaving stuff? And there's this guy standing across the hall and like he's looking at us and he's like, and me and Barry are looking at each other like, is this guy going to attack us? Or <laughs> I'd say he was like, what are these pair of fucking gobshites we doing? Like? I was at the same time. <laughs> we'll find it. Ah oh, man, yeah, I'll never you, you send. You may send that yeah, in a WhatsApp there. Just I'll find it. Have a little look. Yeah, for, for sure, lads. Um, I'm going to say good luck to you and thanks a million. We'll do it all again next. Um, do you know what? We're not going to say when we do it next because um, I'm going to go against the word and probably get killed for doing so. But uh, while we're live on air, it obviously would be much better if we could do this at a later time. I can't do that later time on a Monday. Uh, on the evening of the race will be will be class. Now it'll be late next week. I think we've a seven o'clock start, don't we? In the evening. Yeah. Um which mm, might not be the worst thing. Might get away with it next week. Um after that I'm not too sure. But we'll see how we go. So watch this space. We'll let you know when the next one is coming out. It might be next Monday at seven. Um we might get to it uh on, on Sunday, but we will let you know hundred percent. Barry and Richie, thanks a million. Appreciate your time as always. There we go. So uh, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, PFT Travel. Again, uh, catering for all your transport requirements, from a private minibus to luxury air-conditioned coaches, catering for all your needs. Perfect solution for you. Traveling comfort, driving style at PFT Travel. Contact MJ on 087-624-8831 or email pfarreltransport at yahoo.com. You can also find them on Facebook at pfarreltransport.com. LTD and just a little reminder as well it's not obligatory but we do have a buy me a coffee link uh, if you want to help us uh, pay the bills and stuff uh, that's there at the bottom you can support us for the price of a coffee not obligatory not compulsory just there if you fancy showing your support you can of course follow us on uh, Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram at Irish F1 show we uh, get a bit of content out there every now and again when we're able to we can't go live on Instagram just because of the frame size um, uh, this is set up for YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, but with Instagram, it narrows in the screen, so you'd see half everyone. This was if you saw <laughs> half the amount of followers, maybe you'd be a little bit happier. But I know a lot of people are enjoying this, so we're going to keep going at it for now. Until next time, take care.